Happy Mother's Day to you all. Um, I want to just take a moment. We're going to celebrate. And to me, Mother's Day is about every woman. So I'm, I've asked my daughters to come. I want my daughter-in-law and Vanessa come. You're, you're my daughters too. Come on up here. I, I just want to take a moment because um, I just want to share something with you that years ago when, uh, come on up here. Let's not be shy. I know you're not shy, Amanda. <laughs> Years ago, I was 13 years old, and I was at a youth camp when I knew God called me to, that I would marry a pastor, that I would be in the ministry with him. And uh, I want to tell you, at that moment, I didn't know this. I didn't know this. We got more coming. I didn't realize that God had a, a great plan for my life. And I, I want to tell you something right now. Women are under attack. Women are under attack right now. And God has given women a special ability that he did not give to men. And I'm thankful for that. Every woman has the capability of bearing something and carrying something greater than herself. And, uh, you know, I'm just so thankful that God really has instilled something special inside of us this morning that's very unique and special to us. And I feel like it's important right now, especially as women, that we do not lose our voice, that we find the voice and our identity is in Christ. Amen. He created us to be a woman for a reason, because there is a generation behind us. When I was 13 years old, I did not know that this would exist. But God put something inside of my heart that said, you need to be brave, you need to be strong, you need to be courageous, and you need to be who I've created you to be. And you need to allow yourself to, to persevere, and to, you need to allow yourself to become the woman that I've called you to be, because there is a generation coming behind you. And women, we need to stand strong right now. We need to stand strong in our faith. We need to stand strong in our identity because there is these little ones standing behind us and they're watching and they do not learn this on their own. Do you think my children learned to find, they did not find Jesus on their own. We led them to Jesus. We led them through example, through the example of our life. And I just want to encourage you today. Women, I want you to stand. This is Women's Day today. This is our day. God has given each and every one of us the ability to give life, to grow life within us, whether that is a child, which we have another girl coming. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen, right? Amen. Because we do girls good. We do girls good. But I just want to encourage you today. Just I want to encourage you today to realize that God has given you the capability to carry more than what you know. And that he's going to grow something inside of you. I'm not talking about a baby. I'm talking about some dreams and purpose. And this morning, as we celebrate you, we celebrate all that you are. We are not perfect. We are not perfect, but we belong to him. And we are his daughters. We are his daughters this morning. He celebrates us this morning. So I want to say thank you. We're going to pray. Everyone in this room, I want you to extend your hand to a woman around you this morning. Father, we thank you for women. 
Lord, I thank you for the women in this building. I thank you for the women that are watching online. God, I thank you for the young girls that are in this church, Father. Lord, I pray, God, that we will be examples to them, Father. Lord, examples of women of faith, women of prayer, women of purpose, Father, women that know that we are your daughters. And God, this morning, as we celebrate these women, Father, God, I pray for a special anointing of heaven upon each and every heart this day. God, that you would remind us, Father, Lord, that the world does not give our identity. God, that you gave that identity from the moment that we were conceived in the womb. And God, that you spoke us to be who we are and that we are your daughters, we are your children. And God, today, Lord, I pray, Lord, against the attack upon this world against women, Father. Lord, we are your daughters. We're your daughters, and we celebrate that today, Father. We celebrate that, and we declare it. I am a daughter of the King. I am a daughter of the Heavenly Father. He is mine, and I am His. And Lord, I just thank you, Father. Lord, pour your blessing upon every woman in this building. Pour your blessing upon every woman that is watching God. Lord, do not let their head hit the pillow tonight before they feel your presence before they feel your love, before they feel your renewed purpose in their life, Father. God, that you have called them to bear something. God, that you have called them with the ability, God, to carry something mighty. God, I pray that we will begin to see things birthed out of the women in this building, out of the women in this congregation, Father. Lord, that you are not done. You are not finished, God. You have purpose within each and every one of their hearts. And today, Father, we declare that purpose. We declare your goodness, Father, because you are faithful and you do all things well. Amen. 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 God is good, isn't he? All right, ladies, before you leave today, there is a gift out there for you. And I want to tell all ladies, they're for you today. So take one. Uh, it's just a little gift from us. It says, we appreciate you. Boy, I think we can just go home after that. <laughs> we can just go home after that. I, it's funny, I was talking, we were talking to Alan's brother, who's a pastor in Phoenix, and he said, he goes, what are you talking on? He goes, I'm talking on Mary on Mother's Day. He goes, what are you talking about? And I said, Zacchaeus. He goes, well, what does that have to do with mothers? I said, well, you're just going to have to listen and see. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny to me because when I think about Mother's Day, I don't necessarily think about sermons about mothers because I don't think of it that way. I think of it in a sense of that it's just more about that. It's more than that. I grew up with a really strong mom. And she, man, my mother knew how to pray. She knew how to pray. And I want to tell you, uh, after my mom died, we were at a church service, uh, a special revival service we'd actually traveled to down in Florida. And it was a mighty outpouring of God's presence. And it went on for, I don't know, a couple of years where they had church every night. People were coming from around the world to experience what was happening in that church, in that congregation. And it was powerful. And we traveled down there with my dad and my stepmother. And we went down there just to, honestly, just to, go see what was going on. And uh, I remember when we were there, I've always probably been a little bit 
you, do, you don't know this side of me, but I grew up being very quiet and very reserved. I know that's hard to believe, <laughs> but I was an introvert. I would talk to myself. I had big dreams by myself, but I was never going to do those things out loud. And uh, my mom used to laugh. She said, I could always tell where you were because you were talking to yourself. <laughs> but it was more about, I was shy. I was very, very shy. And uh, I remember that night we were there at that revival. And I was just standing in my, in my seat. And they'd had, people were coming forward for prayer. And God was doing great things. People were being healed. People were being saved. It was just an incredible experience to be a part of. And I remember I had my hands lifted like this, and I literally heard the Lord say to me, I want to give you a gift. Actually, I had my hands like this. He said, I want to give you a gift. And I was like, okay. And he said, turn your hands. Because when you, when you get a gift, you don't take a gift like this. Oh, give it to me. We, we open your hands to receive. And so I remember I, I, I turned my hands like this, and I had my hands up like this. And he just whispered in my ear, I'm going to give you that gift of prayer that your mom had. And uh, I remember I stood there. I don't know how long. It, was, it felt like an eternity I was standing there. But you know, after a while, your arms get tired. And I remember at one point, I, thought, I, I felt like I needed to stay there with my hands up because sometimes when God gives us gifts, they don't happen right away. Sometimes they come, we have to be patient and allow it to really happen in our life. And I remember standing there, and I thought, I can't keep my arms up any longer. And I literally felt someone, I, I thought literally somebody had come and put their hands underneath my elbows and was holding my arms up. That's what I felt. Nobody was there. It was just me and Jesus. <laughs> but I want to tell you that there was such an incredible moment that happened inside of me there. And so I want to encourage you this morning that God is not done. I don't care what phase in your life you're at. He is not finished. For some of you, he may just be beginning. For some of you, he may just be a gentle reminder. Some of you, he is pushing you out of the chair this morning. So I want to encourage you to open your hearts, to open your mind, and open your hands to receive what God has for you this morning. So I'm going to ask you to stand this morning as we read from Luke chapter 19, starting with verse 1. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since he was coming, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now, I'm not going to talk about this next part today, but this is, this is a whole other message. All the people saw him begin to mutter. Oh, you know how it is. People got to have their opinions. He has gone to be the guest. Look, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, 
Today, salvation has come to your house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek, and to say this with, with me, and save what was lost. Amen. Turn around to somebody and say, get ready. Come on, say it like you made it this morning. Come on, get ready. This is not a time to be shy. This is not a time to be reserved. We're going to be Pentecostal today, okay? All right, are you ready? I don't know if you know what that means, but we're going to have a little Pentecost today, okay? So I don't want it to be quiet in here. I sit in here every week, and I hear those. It's like pins and needles sometimes. So I want you to be engaged in what's happening. This is God has a word today, and it's about your next step. And I know for some of you, it's, I love what Michael was sharing today. This has been a journey for him and Susie. And they're taking a big step. Sometimes we take big steps. Sometimes we take little steps. But we're going to take some steps today. All right? Yeah. Amen. Well, I want to introduce you a little bit to Zacchaeus. So the Bible tells us a little bit about who he was. He says that he was a chief tax collector. So he was, he was pretty high up. He had a pretty official position. Now, the interesting thing about tax collectors is that uh, they weren't liked. I mean, honestly, I don't really know anybody that works for the IRS, but I don't like them, okay? <laughs> and I don't even know them, you know? Like, no. I mean, have you ever gotten a, a, a piece of mail from the IRS and been like, woo, yes? No, it's never been like that for us because I know that letter is going to say, you owe, you owe, so off to work you go. Okay, But no, honestly, he was a chief tax collector. But the thing about tax collectors is that they were not honest men. They were not doing like saying, okay, you made this amount of money, this is what you owe. It was like you owe, but you're going to pay a little extra. And that's how they gained their wealth. That's how Zacchaeus gained his wealth was because he cheated people. He stole from people. But the interesting thing about Zacchaeus is that it says that he was a short man. So I just kind of get this picture of a short little mob boss <laughs> running around Jericho. I mean, like, honestly, you know, like, I mean, but people must have been afraid of him because he was wealthy, because he, he had great wealth. But here he was. We know that he was a tax collector, a chief tax collector. We know that he was a short man. We know that he was a quick thinker because when he got there and he saw the crowd, he quickly changed, he pivoted and said, okay, I've got to get a new plan because I'm not going to be able to see over this crowd. So it says, that, I love this part, it says he ran ahead. I just get this little picture of this little short guy running ahead. Like, you know, he's got to get a new plan. Sometimes we've got to get a new plan because the old plan's not working. So he had to get a new plan. So he runs ahead and he sees a tree. A tree. And he, here's a grown man climbing up into this tree. So we know he's a quick thinker, and we, knew, we know that he knew how to climb a tree, okay? And sandals and a dress, okay? <laughs> These are things you got to really think about. This is not like, not our day and age, okay? This is things like, this, is a, this was like the chief tax collector of the city running ahead, pushing past everyone, and getting up there and climbing a tree. So this was, it's already kind of comical and silly if you ask me this story. But underneath this is an incredible, an incredible encounter that I just, I think as a child, this was one of my most memorable stories. And we were actually laughing about this, this kind of giggling this morning, me and, uh, uh, sorry. But, no, I'm not Carol. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Margaret, I'm sorry, I don't know why your name slipped my mind, uh, about that song we used to sing as children. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. 
He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. The song we sang in children's church growing up. And so probably one of the most memorable stories. But I, there's a couple of things that I want you to take away from this, from our time together today. There's two things about Zacchaeus that we're going to talk about now. You know, we've already talked about who he was as a man. But we're going to talk about what God saw in him. And the first thing I want to talk about is that he had a spiritual curiosity. That curiosity is what got him there that day. And I don't know what it was that was his driving force. I mean, at this point in Jesus' ministry, he had been ministering for about three years because this was just weeks leading up into the, into the crucifixion. So this is right before the end of Christ's life. So he had been doing ministry throughout the land. And so I just imagine Zacchaeus hearing things. You know, the word had spread about this Jesus. Now, Zacchaeus was, was a man of authority and a man of power. And I think what got his curiosity is he wanted to hear about this other man that had more authority and more power. This was a man that was walking around healing the blinded eyes. This was a man that had raised Lazarus from the dead. This was the man that turned the water into wine at the wedding. This was the man that healed 10 lepers. This was the man that had freed people from, from their, their anxiety and their sins. He wanted to go and to meet this man. He wanted to see who that person was. And so his curiosity had led him to this point today. He was seeking a look at Jesus to see if what he'd heard was true. We see a real sincerity in the way that he was seeking. He was set on seeing who this man Jesus was. He was so sincere about it, he climbed the tree. David Wilkerson wrote this, Anyone who sincerely seeks the abiding presence of the Lord will surely have it. If you seek him, he will be found by you in 2 Chronicles 15.2. The Hebrew word found here is matzah, which means his presence coming forth to enable, to bless. And in short, this verse tells us that to seek the Lord with all your heart and he will come to you with his presence. We see a real sincerity in what Zacchaeus was seeking that day. He was purposeful. He was, gonna, he was determined. And nothing was going to stop him from getting what he thought he wanted, which was a look. It was just a look. But Jesus had more in plan, didn't he? He didn't realize that he was there to seek. But he, what he didn't know is that Jesus was there seeking him. It said in our text, as we read earlier in, in 1910, it said, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he was lost. The second thing about Zacchaeus I want to talk about this morning is that he had a supernatural destiny. Just like you. You have a supernatural destiny this morning. Verse 5 says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, and he called him by name. He didn't say, hey, you, hey, hey, you up in the tree, look down here. He didn't do, he called him by name because he knew Zacchaeus. And he wanted Zacchaeus to know that I know you and I'm here for you. I'm seeking you. And he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. 
I must stay at your house today. And we see two things happening right here in this little piece of this verse. We see a demonstration of Zacchaeus' faith because he was there because he wanted to believe in something. He wanted to, he wanted to, to find more information. He had a faith to want to believe. It says in Hebrews 1, 11 and 1 that faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it's the evidence of things not yet seen. We see him put action to his faith. In James 2.17, it says, Faith by itself, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. I want to say that again. Faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. I'm going to tell you, there's a whole lot going on in that little verse right there. Because I want to tell you, I believe every one of you sitting here today, you have faith. Otherwise, you wouldn't be sitting in these chairs. You wouldn't have purposed yourself to get in your car, to get dressed, to get in your car, drive here, get out of your car, walk through those two doors, find a seat, sit down, and be here today. So you have some level of curiosity. You have some level of faith that you're here. But God is calling you to exactly what Zacchaeus did. He's calling you to another step, and that step is going to require an action. Because the faith that you are experiencing right now, there is no life to it until you put some action to it. Yes. No life until you put action. This was a big step for Zacchaeus. I want you to think about where he was. He was a grown man in a tree. And not just a mini man, he was a, a man of authority up in the tree. Now, I think he could have, like, pushed people aside and said, hey, I'm the chief tax collector, get out of my way. But I really tend to think he didn't want to be noticed. That he was just hoping to get a look at Jesus, but not really there to be noticed. But Jesus had another, another something in mind. And he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come on, come down immediately. Don't wait, don't hesitate, don't give it two more thoughts. Come down immediately. I must go to your house today. I must go to your house today. And I think this is in, it, such an, a pivotal part of the story because at that point, Zacchaeus had a choice to make. Was he going to stay in the tree and say, no, thank you, <laughs> not what I came for? Or was he going to come down out of that tree? I mean, you have to really imagine there was a crowd. It's a crowd of people. They knew that all of a sudden they, they knew Zacchaeus was in that tree. People were going to talk. People were going to mutter. They did. It said they muttered. They knew what was, they knew that all of a sudden all eyes were on him and he had a choice to make. And it's interesting because I know that every one of you sitting in here have felt God speaking to you at times. And sometimes, and I know you know what I'm talking about. So this is the part where it's about to get real, okay? So turn to look at your neighbor and say, it's about to get real, okay? Come on, it's about to get real. I know this is true because you've told me. You've told me. I've, many of you have told me. Over the years, I have heard many people say, oh, I just, I, I really, I heard God speak to me. God's been speaking to me. God, ooh, God spoke to me, but, but there's always a lot of buts in there. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. <laughs> you know what they say about butts. 
Um, but I know it's true. I've heard people say, the pastor was calling us to come forward for prayer. I, I wanted to, but someone might judge me. I just want to lift my hands and I want to worship. I want to worship freely, but it might look silly. Come sit on the front row with me. You won't look silly. We'll just, or we'll look silly together, okay? Yeah. You know? That's why I sit on the front, because I can't see you, so I don't know. So in my mind, it's choreographed, and it's beautiful, okay? <laughs> it probably looks ridiculous, but you know what? I don't care. I don't care. I want to pray out loud, but what if I don't say the right words? What if it comes out weird? I felt like God has been calling me and asking me to use my gifts and my talents, but... It might require me giving more than I want to commit to giving. Come on. I have lived most of my life caring more about what people think of me, what they might say about me, than doing what Jesus has asked me to do. And I want to tell you, at some point, and I I believe at that point in my life when I stood in, in that church in Pensacola, Florida, that God did something in my life, but it wasn't just about what he was doing. It was about what I was allowing him to do. I knew. I knew what he was asking to give me because, you see, I knew what, what I knew. I knew. I, I heard my mother pray over the years, and my mom was the type that when she started praying, you didn't interrupt her. Like, it didn't matter if we had to be somewhere in 10 minutes. She prayed until she was done. And so I I knew what that was going to really, what God was really asking to give me. But it was a choice. I could have said to the Lord, you know what? Not right now. I've got kids, and I don't have time for that. Or this is not a good time for me, Lord. I'm still grieving. But this is just not a good, it's not a good season. Can you come back next season and, and ask me again? You see, Jesus was passing through that day. That day, and there was one moment that he looked up at Zacchaeus and said, come down. Now, he didn't say, think about it, and I'll come back around, and we'll ask you again. He said, come down immediately, immediately, because sometimes we don't realize there is an urgency to what God is wanting to do in our life. It is about the moment that he is there right before us, calling our name, asking us to get up out of our chair, asking us to climb out out of that tree. He is there in that moment speaking to you. And at that moment, it is your decision and no one else's whether you will climb down out of that tree. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one that's going to keep you on track. He's the one that's going to keep you on track. Jesus told Zacchaeus that he was going to his house that day. And I'm sure that was not a part of the original plan for Zacchaeus. He went there, it says, with the intention of wanting to get a look at Jesus. He didn't go there thinking he was going to get a one-on-one encounter. He didn't know that he was going to, that Jesus was going to be coming to his house today. He had not prepared for that. He had not done enough cleaning. 
He had not bought enough food. He was not prepared. But Jesus was coming and asking to come. And there are some things that God wants to do in your life that you do not need to prepare for. Yeah. You need to be ready for, and you just need to go in the moment. Because at that moment, it said Zacchaeus welcomed him gladly. So something between his faith and the action came alive in his spirit. And when Jesus said, I want to go to your house, he said, come on, let's go. I don't know what's in the refrigerator. I don't know what shape. I don't know if there's dirty clothes on the floor, but come on. It's going to be what it is, but I want you to come. And we need to be ready, people. We need to be ready that when Jesus calls, when he speaks your name, when he calls your name, that we don't hesitate, we don't delay, we don't list off the five reasons why you can't do it today, why this is not a good season in your life. We need to be ready to say, come on. Come on, I'm ready. I'm ready because the man I climbed up in that tree, I don't want to come down the same. I, want to, I don't want to come down the same. And the work that Jesus was doing in Zacchaeus' life required him to come down. And the work that God wants to do in your life is going to require us sometimes to take that next step. No excuses, no reasoning. Jesus said, to Zacchaeus, he said, today salvation has come to your house. The, the really neat thing about this story, too, is that just from that encounter, something changed in Zacchaeus. Something changed. Jesus didn't have to say to him, I know you've been cheating people. I know you've been taking more than what you should. I know that you've gotten wealthy from stealing from people. He didn't even say any of that to him. But instantly, Zacchaeus knew he wanted to be somebody. He wanted to be different. He wanted to make those changes in his life. And on his own, he said, Lord, today, not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, but today, today I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor. If I have cheated anyone, I'm going to go and make it right. He was saying to the Lord, God, everything that I have counted as wonderful and beautiful and special and I have held close to me, that I have counted as, as my purpose, I, it's no more. It's yours. It's yours. I'm going to give it away. Because that's not what's important anymore. Sometimes we cling so tightly to things. We cling to things that we think are so important. That, but when we get in the presence of Jesus and we let go and we open our hands up, guess what? We let go of those things and he has better things that he wants to fill our hands with, that he wants to fill our life with. It was action that brought his faith to life. What would happen if you decided to get out of the tree that you've been spectating from? Or better yet, the chair. Some of you have been spectating, and it's time to get out of the chair. So what's next? I believe that your spiritual curiosity has been piqued. I believe that God has been drawing you in to want to know more. And I know this more than anything I know today is each and every one of you have a spiritual and a supernatural destiny. That if you would just grab a hold of, you would find that God created you for a purpose and a reason and not be left wanting. For some of you today, that step is salvation. 
making a decision to follow Christ, to ask him to be the leader of your life. For some of you, it is a rededication. You've had a relationship with Christ in the past. Your heart once burned with passion and love, but your pursuit and dedication for God has grown cold. For some of you, it is taking the next step of being baptized, committing to prayer, to studying the word. It's committing to that, taking that step of having something deeper with Christ, saying, you know what, I've been in this spot long enough. It's time I step, I step into something more. And then there are some of you here today, and I know you know who you are. God has spoken things to your heart, and you have made excuses of why you cannot do what he is asking you to do. And it's time to begin to obey. It's time to take that step. I'm going to ask the worship team to come right now. Wherever you are today, today is the day to allow your faith to move you to action. And take the next step. And, and I know this is hard. This is hard. Everything we've talked about today is hard. This is, it's simple, but it's hard. Because what I'm about to ask you to do is exactly what we've talked about. Because I feel like that you are one of those four things I just talked about. Either you're, you're ready, you need to take the step of salvation. You need to take a step of rededication recommitment. Some of you here need to take that step that says, Lord, I need to go deeper. I need more this morning. I want more. And then some of you just need to stop making excuses for why you can't. So this morning, we're going to have prayer. And, you know, I grew up in churches where we had altars. And I, I, I grew up Pentecost, so we cried a lot. We jumped a lot. <laughs> there was a lot of emotion in that building. But this morning, I want us to experience something. You're not here by accident. God has a destiny for you. And I, I want you this morning not to let this moment pass you by. Zacchaeus did not let that moment pass him by. He didn't, he didn't think twice. He got down out of that tree and he gladly welcomed Jesus into those places in his life. And this morning, as they begin to sing, I want you all to stand with me this morning. Come on, we're family this morning. Brother Ron, we're family, aren't we? We're family this morning. We're family. I got a whole lot of brothers and sisters, and I'm a mother to a bunch of you, okay? <laughs> no, God is good. God is good. He's about to do something in this house today. Do you believe it? Do you want it? Are you ready? Are you ready for something more? Because today is the day. And as they begin to sing, I don't want you to think. I don't want you to wait for your neighbor. I don't want you to look and say, well, God, if Sarah goes, I'll go. It's not about Sarah for you. This is about you. He's calling you by name today. And he's saying, come on, come out of the tree. Come on, I, got, I want to go to your house today. So I don't want you to hesitate. You may not know what to do when you get up here, and that's okay. But we're going to come up here together, and I want you to come. And Alan's going to be here praying. Lawrence is here this morning. 
The elders are here. David's here. We're going we're gonna to pray with you. And if you're here for salvation, I want you to say to them, today is the day of salvation for me. If you need to rededicate your heart, say, I need to rededicate. I have grown cold. I need, I need to reconnect with God. Whatever it is, I want you to say it. And I want you just to begin to believe God is in this house. Yes, he, is. he is in this house. This is his house. Amen. No one has control here but him. He decides. And he says, today is your day. Today is your destiny. Let's sing and worship together, all right? And let's come. Come, don't hesitate. Just come immediately. Come immediately as they sing.